0: powered hour on this week's show we're joined by ivan and dan from rover talk for our yearly land rover market recap what happened and what are we looking forward to and now here's the show Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at the or follow us on Instagram at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend,
1: Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the RAF Blue to Stevens Tasman Blue. I'm the dated but familiar host of podcasting ike goss i own and operate pangolin 4x4 in springfield oregon where we live and breathe land rovers check us out online on facebook instagram at pangolin 4x4 let's get started
0: all right ike well we're back it's the new year all is uh you know all is well all is exciting the world is uh, once again our oyster. Everything that happened last year is forgotten and forgiven. I,
1: I believe my my memory has been erased, and uh, all things will be better and brighter. What I, is behind us uh, does not matter. Yeah, yeah. All the political strife and instability past year gone, done, done, done. Yeah, we've completely <laughs> forgotten about it.
0: It's all yeah. uh, it's all good. Yeah. Any New Year's uh, resolutions uh, that you uh, came out with while uh, on your vision quest out in the desert?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we, we got to do a podcast about our vision quest in the desert. We are. Yeah. That's, we're going to do a winter just, breakdown
0: here. That's yeah, an that's important
1: resolution that, uh, that just came to me. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, one of my resolutions is to, uh, buy more Land Rovers. I think that's oh, what I'm yeah. excited about.
0: Interesting. I think, uh, one of Liza's resolutions was to, uh, seriously Pardon. stop me from buying more Land Rovers this year. Uh, was a, was a, a dismal, dismal failure last year.
1: Oh so, yeah, that is actually one yeah. of my uh my other resolutions is to uh convince you to purchase more Land Rovers, <laughs> to
0: purchase more Land Rovers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take much convincing. Uh, I, and I it, did uh, see yes.
1: I did see a really cool, a really really cool Series 1 pickup for sale.
0: Oh, I want a Series 1 pickup so bad.
1: I know you do. Top I know you do. My it's list. so good. It's so good. It's oh my gosh. I'll send you some pictures list. of it. Really and and it's Canadian.
0: Oh, that like makes it worth everything. I mean, and it's like,
1: especially early and it has a really interesting color combination with the gray body and the blue chassis one year only.
0: Mm, I do love that. I do love that one year only.
1: Yeah. That is a. uh,
0: Well, there you go. So
1: so you can tell I'm working on my resolutions. It's three days into the year
0: (laughs) and uh, we're already buying another uh, shitty old Land Rover. So there you go. Uh, Well, with that, uh, speaking of buying uh, and selling shitty old Land Rovers today is a uh, tradition. This is a uh, you know, this is something we do. Every year now, we've done it for two years, so it's every year. We have our very, very good friends, Dan and Ivan, from Rover Talk, a podcast uh, that uh, we love uh, to listen to, and uh, they are, you know, sort of experts in the market of online auctions and things like that, bring a trailer, cars and bids, stuff like that. They're buying and selling and commenting and things all the time about Land Rovers that are up there. And uh, we've gathered a list of some of our favorite Land Rovers that uh, have sold or have been purchased or maybe uh, came across these websites in the last year. We didn't have anything quite as exciting as that wooden picket Range Rover that was there last year. I really want that. It's still here in town somewhere. It's in Los Angeles somewhere. I kind of really wanted it's so
1: weird if you're listening and you know the location of the wooden picket land rover yeah. i will pay a finder's fee if you can convince steven to purchase it it's like the neil diamond of range rovers <laughs> just uh, just so yeah. weird it's well so you put it like that when you put yeah. it like that it
0: yeah sounds you really know good. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's fantastic. I think if you, uh, you drive it through certain parts of Los Angeles, uh, you know, middle-aged women throw their underwear inside of it, like, uh, just like Neil Diamond. It's great. Yep. Well, with that, uh, let's uh, head on over to the, uh, to the International uh, Podcast uh, Conversation Lounge and have a little chat with our good friends, Dan and Ivan, about what happened to the market in All 23. Right.
1: Let's take a saunter over there.
0: All right. Well, it's that time of the new year. What better way to start the new year but to look back at 2023 with our very good friends uh from Rover Talk. Dan and Ivan, welcome back. We were just saying that uh we do this every year. Uh we need to do this like quarterly because uh A I enjoy chatting with you guys immensely, but there is an awful lot of Land Rovers that get sold every year and uh it's a lot of work to go yeah, back yeah. and look at them all, but guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. I am thrilled that this has become a yearly tradition.
2: We are as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah.
0: And for those listeners who I don't know who would be listening to the show and don't listen to Rover Talk, but Dan and Ivan uh, host a fabulous uh, podcast of which I uh, am a, a long-time a listener, first-time caller called Rover Talk, which you guys do spend a fair amount of time, not not all the time, but uh, but a fair amount of time talking about the Land Rover market, what's for sale, what's sold, what's selling. Ivan, you yeah. are involved in selling quite a few vehicles every year. And and Dan, you are uh, obviously very uh, hip to the world of uh, bring a trailer and cars and bids and all those sort of things are very active in that community. So that's what brings us together today is to uh, to sort of look back at that market with the Land Rover market experts. And- you know, sort of see uh, what uh, what piqued your interest. What did you think was uh, interesting this year? So, Ivan, maybe we'll start with uh, you. What was what was your car of 2023? What do you think was the Land Rover uh, that, for whatever reason, interested you uh, in the market?
3: Well, as you know, because you have to, I had the opportunity to visit the Dunkswolf Collection. Mm-hmm. In, I think when when did I go? Was it over the summer?
2: No, it was November. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
3: Totally unbelievable collection and. I, and not to get into it because that's that that could that could have us talking here for like an extra three or four or seventeen hours. Yeah. But I actually picked a car that wasn't like technically for sale, but mm-hmm. I saw it on bring a trailer, which is a one of the Land Rover Centaur half track trucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a if for those of you that are clearly not seeing it, um mm-hmm. it is actually a I guess we could call it a series three one oh nine.
2: Kind and of. the reader yeah. has
3: been adapted to hold tank track. Yeah. Yeah. So it's technically a, a tank. Yeah. Uh, the one that I saw on Bring a Trailer, which just uh, was just a listing. Yeah. Not, I mean, from, from even though it was from a while ago. Yeah. That was clearly my favorite car because it was just, it's just so cool. Yeah. Now, when you speak to uh, Phil at the collection, you realize it's utterly ridiculous and useless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It like, but doesn't, just, it's like, no. yeah, it doesn't work at all. It's completely impractical, but. Yeah. Super cool. It's looking.
3: super cool looking and they have one there. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, that, that was just one of, one of my absolute favorite cars that I saw um, this year. Now it might be, not be you for everybody, but I would have to say if there was a car that, that I was just shocked about, it was that one.
0: Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. Those are, they, no, those sorry. are really interesting cars until you have to turn. Yeah. Yes. Like if something's over to your left or possibly over to your right and you'd like to drive the vehicle to those locations no
0: how is it that you manage a turn actually now that i now that i think about it how do you <laughs> i mean you have like is it skid steer you on the back like Real the steer.
1: you sound just like the people who are evaluating these for the military You're right like, exactly yeah wait a minute why do we need this front part of a car that's <laughs> welded onto the tank why don't we just have the tank just
0: have and a tank. Yeah, for those who haven't who haven't seen the half track and and other other companies for some reason made them. Now I maybe some research needs to be done into half tracks. They're they're just like you said. They're like a like a centaur. They're like horse on the back, person on the front.
1: Their their car on the front, a uh, tank on the back. back. Yeah, it's a reverse centaur. It's, reverse it's like centaur. the bottom half of a man and the top half of a horse.
3: It's like the, the worst, worst possible not. combination. It's thing. like a mullet, yeah. It's like a mullet. <laughs> it's is this in the front? I'll work in the back.
0: Lord, it is going crazy out there. Yeah, they are awesome. I, I agree. The and I th- I want to say it was Willie's. Maybe made a half track where there is definitely a World War II era U.S. military half track too. But no, yeah,
1: there is. It's the I, white, yeah, the, the white, white company built the white them.
0: company half track. That's right. And how did yeah. they turn? That's a great question. Like, is but there some combination like. of like skid steer
1: and? St- Traditional steering? Like, how do you... No, it just takes a really long way to do
3: it. <laughs> it just turns incredibly you, it slow. Just keeps, you just keep going. Low, you love the car with soldiers, and when you have to turn, just stop and have them push it. <laughs> have
0: them push it into a circle. Well, there you go. Well, so that they're... great choice. Great yeah. choice. I mean, I, I think any... Yeah, anytime you have a Land Rover with uh, tank uh, treads on it, uh, you know, there was a Cuthbertson-converted uh, Land Rover that came up for sale in the UK, I don't know if it was this year, it might have been last year, or maybe even the year before. It was in the past. And I uh, really, really did think about it. it. It is pretty cool, but they're super not road legal and they're incredibly slow. And I just, I don't know, they don't fit in a container. There's like, there, there, there's a number of reasons. So, that why, they're so why didn't you buy it? Yeah, I mean, I know, right? It, it seems like, uh, you know, I do kind of think about Tank Tread converting a Freelander every once in a while.
1: You know, like you uh, know, the, the Land Rover fire engine is a gateway drug to is. the Land Rover tracked vehicle, <laughs> tracked vehicles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's true. It's the uh, it really is. It really is. Yeah, it's and it's the recreational marijuana of stupid Land Rovers. Um, you know, the, <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. Republicans are right. It's a gateway. It's a gateway. That's right. You yeah. can't just dabble. You can't dabble. Well that's great. And Ike, what about you? What's uh, what's one of the cars that you uh, saw across the block this year that you really you were really enamored with?
1: You know, uh, it was actually one that came up for sale recently that was that was pretty interesting. It was a um a 1957 107 station wagon for sale in Africa. Mm. And it was um uh, it was notable, you know, they they did use a lot of 107 wagons in Africa. You know, that was kind of the, the classic safari period with, uh, you know, the British going to Africa and mm-hmm. they took their vehicles with them. And, and to do that, they brought a lot of 107 wagons, which were largely destroyed, you know, using them as buses and then overloading them and driving them on crappy yeah. roads and that sort of thing. So, yeah, this particular vehicle had survived and what was kind of notable about it is it had all these period safari modifications to it and it was mm-hmm. uh it was super crazy and mad max it uh, had a lot of expanded metal, sheet metal over the windows and it had uh auxiliary lighting that were was built into the fenders and toolboxes and water tanks and hammock holders and awnings and <laughs> You know all this stuff that you yeah. would associate with like taking a, a long extended trip. Yeah. And it was all built, you know, back in the 50s and early 60s and it was largely untouched from that period. Oh, so cool. it it was pretty cool cuz it was it was totally unrestored, you know. It right. just looked like a time capsule, but it was this crazy like Mad Max, you know, touring car. <laughs> uh, so I thought that one was really a neat car. It, it, it sold at a local auction. You know, I'm a member of this, uh, WhatsApp group, which is, uh, basically old dudes in Africa with series ones. Yeah. Right. And, uh, It came up on there, you know. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) everybody who's anybody is on there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, Uh, Lewis Powell is on there. Who's like, if you ever read the LRO magazines from the (laughs) '90s, Lewis (laughs) was like uh, doing all these expeditions in Series Ones, eighty inches and one hundred and seven wagons and stuff over the Sani Pass and in Les Loto and these places. Uh, so he's on there. And so he's super fun to talk to a fountain of knowledge about various places to travel and also land rivers. So uh, yeah, we discussed that vehicle and that was uh, a super interesting one that uh, came up for sale. And that was only within the last month or so, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was a neat car.
0: That's awesome. I love those kind of cars that come with all of their original shit. As, as weird as it is, You know, I think dormobiles are are great. Speaking of of cars that were purchased this year by Linus, dormobiles are just full of like their little weird bits of like people have modified the cabinets and the upholstery and, and it's just like. Man, it's it is. It's like a time capsule. It's like a little portrait of the person that used that car and all the things that they did in it and stuff. So no, I, I agree. It's pretty cool.
1: It's pretty neat. And this is before doormobile, so like it's right. all that same sort of stuff that you would want in a traveling car. You know, uh, some sort of thing to sleep in, some sort of thing mm-hmm. to store food in or cook food, a stove, a, you know, a sink, a you know, a bed, uh, all these things, uh, but it had to be all homemade at that time before Dormobile, so it was
3: kind of neat. It was really pretty interesting. The Dormobiles are especially good when you notice the hand of the period wife, because mm-hmm. then it's got like some really stellar curtains in there mm-hmm. and like some towel, hand towels that match the curtains, and if you put that all into like the box of a, you know, like a 109, it's like it's like, does it? It's like, I don't, I don't want to restore it. I want that. Yeah. I want that lady's towels and curtains.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is cool. It is like your grandma's house on wheels, which is, uh, it's pretty cool.
1: Pretty cool. They were, uh, they, they were kind of fun, you know, yeah. uh, dormobiles, they had some fun finishes. Uh, if you look at the ones, especially the early sixties ones, they kind of get blander as time goes by. Like the original ones were, you know, the elephant hide seating with white piping. And then they had, uh, like, uh, curtains with a pattern on it the awning had a candy stripe mm-hmm. on it um that was really cool and the bunks were plaid and so they had all these like kind of interesting uh patterns that were incorporated in it the table had like a uh, a pattern for mica like a 60s pattern that was pretty interesting like they're, very, they're very they're yeah. very they're very mid-century and they're colorful and they're approachable and they're happy and fun
2: they are
1: and uh i feel like that gets lost later. Like if you go buy uh, something like a camping accessory for a Land Rover today, some sort of like Alu cab, some sort of like accessory like that, it's either very tactical or just like super beige or super gray or super. It's, it's really boring. And so that stuff uh, of that period is, is far more interesting to me because it's like, it's got some personality, you know, like it's not yeah. just like a, a beige or tan or or gray yeah. monolith.
0: Certainly like campers of today, like all have like a NATO rail down the side to mount, mount a scope to or something like I don't know who's mounting rocket launchers to the outside of their toe behind trailers. Right. Right. But <laughs> uh, it, it certainly does seem that way. Yeah, it's it certainly uh, this is a good point.
1: It's a good yeah. point. How aggressively is- can we camp?
2: Yes, yeah. like with real purpose. Maybe they're plumbers or electricians during the day, that they have that tubing on the side, and then they're really road on the week. That's exactly right. Yeah, they're really they're
0: really ready to go. <laughs> Dan, how about uh, how about you? I, I feel like you and I have similar tastes when it comes to uh, odd uh, vehicles uh, out in the market. We were saying before they're uh,
2: unfortunately. No wooden picket Range Rover uh, for sale this year. You just said fire truck, mm-hmm. just literally a few minutes. And that was one of them that I had kind of picked out that I really would have loved to have gone and seen and uh, actually own. But it was out of Germany. Mm-hmm. It was on Bring a Trailer in August. I don't know if you remember Ooh. seeing it, but no. it was... a. Uh, Sixty-eight forward control. Oh with a pop yes, top. I think I remember that. Right, and it only got to like nine thousand, and uh, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why there was really no interest in it. But it was really amazing being a forward control um, with a pop top. Still had pretty much all the apparatus with it. You know, they rarely, rarely come up on, on you know, bring a trailer. You know, you can get them overseas here and there, but yeah. to have a 2.6 come up on bring a trailer, I thought was, was, you know, pretty
0: rare. It is. Yeah. Um, and certainly, I mean, forward controls, generally speaking, are an acquired taste uh, to say the very, <laughs> the very least, you know, but, uh, but the, you know, the fire appliance version, and there were lots of both 2Bs and, one hundred ones that were ultimately used as as uh, fire appliances, but uh, but yeah, I didn't see that one on uh, on Bring a Trailer, but that's awesome. I uh, yeah, the fire trucks are once you start, it's hard to stop. You <laughs> kind of get into this rhythm. You can't just have one, you know. You need a small fire department. So it's, <laughs> you never uh, know yeah. when
1: there's there's going to yeah. be a fire to put out. It's true. Yeah,
0: I've yet to know, I've yet to actually fill the tank in mine yet, but I'm uh, I have the instructions now to do it. And uh, at one of these, weekends, what are you going to fill it with? Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> Lube. Um, I'm going to I'm going to head over to the local fire station and see if the uh, boys will, uh, will help me uh, fill up the uh, fill up the tanks. Apparently, because uh, because uh, John Luke in uh, in the UK, good friend of uh, the show. Uh, he also has a firefly. And uh, he uh, said, apparently, it's easy to uh, do something wrong with the tank and it'll split. Uh, you can, you can overpressurize. You can also pull a vacuum in it <laughs> apparently very easily. And so you have to be, make sure all the valves are in the right order and everything so that you don't, uh, split it open. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, apparently, yeah, it's uh, super fun to fill it up with water and then just go hose down kids uh, in the neighborhood. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> give it a go. What, but what? Uh,
3: do, do, um, do the authorities have the same type of, um, kind of, um, dislike for when like people imitate police cars? You know, he, you know, he hadn't. Or, I don't no. think
0: anyone in the world would think this is like an active fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, so yeah. if let's say, let's say your house is on fire and then like somebody showed up with a fire appliance and started putting it out, uh, would you, would you care if they yeah, were like a licensed fireman?
3: Yeah. Well, if I were asked what I care, what I consider roadworthy, I think I might be kicked out.
0: Yeah, right. Like,
3: basically, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Drive that. Drive absolute. it. Drive it. Yeah. What's the, it,
1: what's the worst thing that you've ever driven the longest distance? Hmm.
3: It's a good question. Oh, my God. I One time when I lived in Spain, <laughs> this, been, this must have been, oh, you're going to be spread about there. This must have been, I'm thinking early 2000s. Okay. And my father had a BMW 524 turbo diesel whose engine just died. Mm-hmm. Okay? And for some reason, I don't know why I didn't have a car, which is rather odd. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, the both of us, which at that point in time, we both lived in Spain we were living together, we didn't have a car. So my father says, oh, don't worry. One of the secretaries in my office is going to lend us a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seems reasonable. I didn't yeah, it. I was yeah, like, oh, Go yeah. yeah. good. Yeah. What is it? It is a second generation. So, this is not the classic Fiat Cinquecento. Oh, no, nice. You know yeah. The, like, like the 90s, that was a, like a little plastic box. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That must have had like a, like a <laughs> 700 PC engine or something. Yeah. Like yeah. It was that. like a motorcycle
0: engine. You know, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, and it, and it wasn't the classic one. It wasn't like the pretty looking rounded one. This is literally like, a, it was like a bad shoebox. Mm. Well, so clearly I, Wanted to take my girlfriend out somewhere. I was like, "Oh yeah, I got this car."
0: Right. This little impress her. Anyway,
1: This.
3: <laughs> and the pedals are so close to each other that I, I, I I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> so finally, I had to like take my shoes off because literally, you've got mm-hmm. clutch, mm-hmm. like the clutch and the brake are like a centimeter apart yeah. from each other. Yeah. So that that so I had to drive that for an entire weekend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. My father clearly was smarter than I. He's like, "Oh no, drive me around," <laughs> and I was like, "Really, you don't want to drive?" He's like, "Oh no, don't worry. I've had a drink. Why don't you drive?" <laughs> it, it's the worst thing I've ever driven in my life. Yeah. When you went past fifty kilometers an hour, mm-hmm. the car would start doing like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. So, it was by why. design. Was there, That's, it was
1: designed
0: for.
3: Was, yeah. Was there <laughs> anything wrong with this car? It was just a bad. <laughs> yeah, it was just a bad car. It was just a because the thing car. is, I remember. <laughs> I remember thinking, wow, like getting into it from the outside, it was like, okay, this looks kind of weird, but it's okay. And I looked at it, I had like 50,000 kilometers, which is a lot for a Fiat. But even then mm-hmm. I thought, you
1: know, What's and it wasn't worst that, happen, oh, you know, was, so, so somebody previous to you drew
3: even farther, somebody had, somebody had to go uh, yeah, that, theoretically, yeah, yeah. Somebody was really cheap. They're like, oh, I'm going to buy this. Cause you get like. 50 miles Yeah, to exactly. Gas. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you go to the gas station three times a year. I once had to move a 1976 TNC motorhome uh, from the middle of Florida to Orlando, Florida. The engine was in such bad shape, took most of the day to get it running. There was no way to like tow it. It's too big, right? Like it's just too giant. Like the tow truck or there's no flatbedding it or anything. It would have been so expensive to have it moved that it was kind of like not an op- an option. For this particular project. And so the engine is like inside the cab, right? It's like a cab over design, forward control mm-hmm. sort of design. So we got it kind of running. There was no gas in it at all. Like I, I got it running with a sprite bottle into the into the carburetor enough yeah, to like it had- get it to the gas station where we couldn't shut it off because I was pretty confident if we shut it off, we wouldn't really get it going again. It was basically just running on starting fluid. So we we filled it while it was running. And then as we were going down the like Florida turnpike, we had the cover off of it and would just all the windows open so that we didn't die. And uh, the cover off of it, and as it started to sort of bog down, we would just hit the carburetor with a little bit more starting fluid to kind of get it back up to Rev so it'd keep going. And we got, you know, this was this is maybe a 150 mile trip we had to take this stupid thing. Doing this, like we had we went through like I think three cans of starting fluid. And, uh, and then we're, you know, we're half, you know, we're almost there. We're like a mile, two miles maybe from this, uh, the place that we're going to drop it off where it's going to get stored for a little while. All of the lights go off inexplicably, (laughs) like for (laughs) no reason, like Every electric system in the car shuts off. It's still driving somehow. The guys that I'm with, you know, Leslie gets his phone out the window with the flashlight on so that we could like just barely make out. And we're in like very rural, swampy Florida where you could just barely make out the road by like the moonlight. And we go over a bump and like all the lights turn back on just in time to find our turn and sort of skid in there. I I don't know how much damage we did to that engine by getting it there that way, but it it really doesn't ever have to like drive in a significant way again. It was, it was getting completely restored from there. So it was okay. But, uh, that was probably this, the longest, sketchiest
2: trip. Yeah. You're 100% positive it was just a pump that you ran over, right? Uh, there's no way to know. That's what we're going with, At
0: but all. there's no way to know, Dan. There's no way to know. Yeah. No one was reported missing or anything. So we would we think we're probably okay. clear. Might have been a gator or something, but we were like <laughs> one step away from the, uh, you know, the Fury Road guy just like, you know, spitting gasoline into the intake of the, uh, of the of the motor of a car you know we were we were just one step below that we had i I did have the things that I needed to rig up like a ball pump out of a jerry can into them directly into the motor if I needed to, because we thought maybe the fuel pump was just totally uh totally gone as it turns out it just was running you know gasoline had sat in there forever, and you know we did all the things <laughs> we could do on the side, literally like out some guy's out the front of some guy's house in in Florida. We did everything we could do there with like hand tools. We bought at Harbor Freight after I got off the airplane in Orlando on the way to the, to get this thing. But, uh, but yeah, that was probably, that was probably the, the, the sketchiest in the way that at any moment, many of those things could have exploded or, or, or one of us could have fallen out of the bottom of the car onto the road or any, any of that sort of stuff, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's It's <laughs> probably the, there's other sketchier airplane stuff, but I think that's the sketchiest car one.
1: It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. One time, uh, you know, sometimes the sketchiest ones are not always the ones that uh, you drive the longest distance. One time I drove 300 miles in a series one uh, vehicle that had no brakes and no parking brake. <laughs> and uh, uh, but I think the sketchiest one was I drove 20 miles. With uh, somebody on the fender acting as a carburetor, pouring gas in the in the <laughs> engine, <laughs> you know you're dumb. You want to go, yep. you want to go yep. someplace, and like yep. that's what you do. But yep. you're like I probably wouldn't do that again. So uh, who's left? We, we got uh, we got some more vehicles. Ike and I uh, talked about
0: this one on a show a little while ago. This was an auction. Uh, that was just very recent. Uh, Bring a trailer here, just at the beginning of December. Uh, it was uh, a Santana. Uh, so I mean, I know you're a big, big Santana fan. A Series Two A it's an 88 inch, not a uh, not a particularly remarkable model. Uh, but it sold for sixty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> And I mean, it's fine. You know, it's like a nice car, uh, sort of. I mean, mm. there's a few opportunities for, you know, painting over rust and uh, lots of missing pieces and incorrect pieces and things like that, which is all fine. I mean, you know, it, it looks like a fun car to drive, but for
2: $68,000, one would assume, someone, you know, a higher... Someone had have been completely drunk. Right. Like, yeah, it just
0: doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, I guess, hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. But uh, but yeah, it just seemed to me like, wow, that is a uh, that is a
2: healthy amount of money to pay uh, for that kind of. You know, maybe they maybe really a- love that huge sticker on the doors <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Land Rover sticker yeah. on the door, yeah.
1: Maybe it was like a money laundering situation. Could Who be, yeah, 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 it could be. It could be. Yeah, it's just an
3: interesting, uh, you know, yeah. Rick- I don't want to be suspicious here, but um, you know, every time every time I see a market anomaly of this, mm-hmm. I kind of look at the bidders and I'm like, okay, what are these people actually bid on? Right, right, Cause right. I don't want to kind of be that guy, but um, you know, it does beg the question.
2: You, you
1: know, <laughs> I, I looked, I actually looked at that, and and that pre that person had previously bid on some other Land Rover Series trucks,
2: and yeah, some of the other bidders were like several years into bring a trailer and like, I, th- I just think it was, you know, you had two people that I, were sipping juice and right. were like it seems know, like a great idea. Very competitive. For, and yeah. You know, if they're, if and, they're happy and, you know, with, with the, the more seller. power to them. Yeah. Yeah. Good for the seller. If they actually got paid. And, yeah, for and,
0: sure. And it looks like a pretty good, like five feet away truck. You know, the paint's okay. Oh, if it runs well, I haven't watched any videos or anything, but if it runs well and stuff, you know, uh, You know, it's got what seems like some reasonable rust on the chassis and some stuff like that, but nothing that's like, uh, you know, unsafe. We've certainly seen some extraordinarily unsafe Land Rovers this year, Uh, not necessarily for sale, but, uh, you know, there are worse things out there. Um but yeah it was just uh, it was just interesting uh, to see that and then the uh, the bonus one uh for me on the uh, Brigata trailer side is the uh 2003 uh, 37,000 mile Freelander SE3 uh yellow one beautiful yellow SE3 which is of course the three door uh version if you will two doors and a yeah, plastic I, camping I put it in on that Did
2: you yeah yeah but you could tell that it was toast from yeah. the usual areas on the Freelander. Yeah, is, the
1: the uh, important thing there. that you want to look at when inspecting one of those
2: yes. is is actually
1: on the front mm-hmm. where it if it says Freelander, right. you know that it's pretty pretty fucked <laughs> it's going to be fucked. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Uh generally speaking
0: the area you want to inspect is the entire car cuz it's probably all screwed up. but basically. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah,
0: it's uh no, I mean, you know, $10,000 for uh listen, I have a Freelander that I've spent ten thousand dollars on. I bought it for like about five hundred dollars. And so that gives you a sense of how expensive it is to make a working freelander. Yeah. So it's a great looking car. I love the I love the three door. I probably there will be a time where I want one. But I think the even more remarkable thing. He is over on cars and bids. Uh, there was a 2005 Freelander SE3 that, you know, it was fine, you know, relatively high mile and 93,000 miles, which is, which is actually kind of exciting for a Freelander. That's a lot of miles if it's still running. But, but one owner, the, a single owner until 2023, the same Freelander put 90, somebody put 93,000 miles on their Freelander. At that point, I wouldn't sell. You know, at that point, I think that's a family heirloom. You know, you need to keep that. You'd be buried with that car. You'd be buried in that car. I'm surprised that car wasn't the reason for your burial, but uh, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive to imagine
3: a one owner freelancer. I don't know. Did did nobody in the comments ask, like, what, 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 you know, what were you possessed by to hold on to this car for a long time? Why? And it's in like, it's in
0: remarkably good condition. Like, um, I think if I were to purchase a Freelander for any amount of actual money, which is extraordinarily unlikely, um, it would probably be that one. It was in Texas. It went for $7,000. So it wasn't yellow. And the yellow one is kind of cute. But um, it was silver. But it was like it was in incredibly good shape, 93,000 miles. So everything on it would be broken, I imagine, from a drivetrain standpoint, but uh, and irreplaceable as well, because there's... There's no replacement parts for them. But it is it, it looks good
3: and uh, yeah, single single owner. You get an idea of who's bidding on these cars when you read a little bit of the comments. So here's a comment that says, Is there a major crease tear in the driver's seat? Mm. All of the pictures conveniently do not show it. Would like to know how bad it is. Nothing in the floss section. Hmm. When that's your concern about a freelancer, right. you might are a newbie. Yeah.
2: You're not you're not <laughs> yeah. the person who should be buying. You don't one. buy that
0: freelancer yet. <laughs> the condition of the upholstery is, is really not where you're, you know, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's
3: true. I um, had an interesting scenario this year with one auction. So during Thanksgiving, I auctioned off a P-38 with a manual. Mm-hmm. 4.0 with, with R-3. I remember, and a, yeah, that that is super cool. And, and, and in my opinion, it bombed, which it, it, mm. it ended up bombing. I ended up, but anyway, so the highest bidder didn't reach reserve. Mm. So the highest bidder calls me. I mean, he's, oh yeah, tell me about the cart. And after a little bit, he's like, "Yep, yeah, I've never actually owned a Land Rover. Ooh. I don't know anything about cars." And immediately at that point, I'm just like, "Well, you know, this might not be the car. Probably for you. not. The just car I'm, for just you. I'm just you. I'm just saying. Like, but it's really cool. I I'm like, yeah, but but you have you have you got on the forums and researched Rage Rover B38s? Like, no. I'm like, well, why don't we do this? Like, <laughs> well, I'm happy to sell, but why don't you just like?" Do a little bit of research. Spend some time. Spend some time. I I won't sell it to anybody else, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) please do that before. Mm -hmm. And then if you're if you're sure about it, you know, I'm happy. And not not only that, but he was going to drive it cross country. So he wanted to fly and pick it up in Chicago and drive it back to Colorado. Nice. Because he fully intended to use it in his house in Colorado in the mountains, for which I said, Well, again. Yeah. Maybe maybe just a bit of
1: <laughs> merit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really a car that uh mm-hmm. you just kind of look at. It's not yeah. really a, <laughs> not really a car for <laughs> driving Occasional no use car. Uh not, not really uh you know, you know, if a you car know was people... a waxed fruit, this would be the car. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really you just you know, kind of put it in your garage and look at it. Yeah, it's great.
3: You, you know, know when pe when people call you and they ask you would you have any hesitation driving across country? And when this, when they say it seriously, and you're like, okay, where do I start? Here?
0: Yeah. Well, um, right.
3: it depends on the person. Are you you know, coming, I wouldn't. But, are you coming with tools, or should we meet at Home Depot? Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are you stopping at the Harbor Freight on your way to pick it up? Uh, if are that's you uh, nice, then a, you're be fully
1: fine. upped on your AAA membership? Yeah, how
0: many <laughs> yes. miles of towing uh, do you have uh, available?
3: What insurance do you carry currently <laughs> with you?
0: Well, with that, what, uh, what are you guys looking forward to next year? What do you think? What models are... Right on the edge of uh, of sort of popping off of becoming uh, really big next year. Do you think?
2: I think you know. Ivan and I were talking about this, and I've been saying this for a few months. As we all know, the TD fives are going to start. Yeah, that's right in the country. And I think there's going to be a lot of you know people wanting them, but I also think there's going to be a lot of disappointment and Uh, uh, you know buying these first blocks. You know, I would kind of stay away from the early TD5s. And I think a lot of people in this country are going to be so excited Mm -hmm. that all there's, you know, we're past these 300s and 200s. And like, you know, everybody gets excited about a new kind of power plant. And, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to import, you know, something kind of fresh and new. Yeah. Because we only have the 300s for a little bit. Yeah. So once these T D fives start coming in, I, I think um, you know, the shops are gonna have to be ready right off the bat because I think a lot of them are gonna be dumped because we all know that they're yeah, kind of a city you Especially know, of the language. especially
0: the first few years. Or yeah, particularly exactly. bad. so like the
2: ten Ps, eleven P's, like yeah, all these early blocks and these people aren't gonna be yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to be duped. Yes, bring a trailer is going to
1: be flooded with them.
2: <laughs> yeah, the fr- I So can't it'll wait be interesting the- to see like how you know the market. You know, hopefully people are smart about it. But mm-hmm. I can't wait for I the
1: first yeah, for Santana with a TD five to be sold on bring a trailer for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's going <laughs> to be great. It'll be great.
0: Yeah, put my bid in now. I can't wait.
1: put your bid in
0: now. Put your bids in now. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I I agree, Dan. I'm I'm interested in seeing what that does to the sort of Defender market. I think at this point, if you want a 300 TDI Defender, you've probably got it. There has been more than enough out there for long enough now that you know, yeah. there there really isn't a barrier. The cost isn't really that significant anymore. So far as you know, those things cost what they cost, and they're available and. And you can get them. So I am interested to see. I know in Canada, um, you know that that definitely happened ten years ago when the those cars first started coming into the country. Uh, there was. Yeah. Uh, it was all over the place. There were shops that had no idea how to work on them. There were cars that were parked for a year because they couldn't get the right parts for them or somebody didn't know how to do, you know, the fuel injection pumps on those things are a nightmare at a time. There were lots of cars that were, you know, just melting because they mistimed the fuel injection pump. And if you do that, then the cylinder overheats to the point of just melting its lining right out and like really crazy stuff yeah. with those cars. And so, yeah, it was for the first, and now it's pretty commonplace. The TD5 is a is the sort of, is the kind of current state model in Canada. That's what everybody kind of has. And uh, there's a right. few TDCI cars that are starting to come into Canada now, the, the early uh, TDCI cars, which are also terrible. Um, you know, we'll get to the 2009 car, well, the, technically this year. Um, the 2009 car is, uh, it can be, can be brought in, which is the, which is the peak peak defender from there. Everything went, uh, went downhill after 2009. And so, um, you know, they kind of, after the 300, they just kind of, they didn't get better, you know, like they, they, it wasn't a, it wasn't an improvement put a bunch of more electronic shit in there. And it was all sort of all over the place, but they did have anti-stall, which is pretty fun. That's, it's always fun to put your baby in your, uh in your TD five and, uh, just let it idle away into the woods or something. You know, that's a, that's a fun, that's a <laughs> fun video. That's a fun video to make. So yeah, well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that as well. I think, uh, I think that'll be interesting. What do you think about, uh, you know, it, it, it seems as though the L322 Range Rover has, you know, people have kind of realized that, you know, that might be the best one that they've ever made. And, uh, people seem to be, Uh, looking for it a little more being uh, willing to pay a little bit more for it have you guys experienced that
2: i mean a little bit i i still think there's like this idea that all of the l322s are great right and you know i i don't think everybody's educated yet on i mean obviously everybody hears about the timing chain issues and the 2010 2011 like Mm -hmm all that but I still think there people are paying too much for that mark three versus like the the mark two mm-hmm. like the better like the weeks mm-hmm. i
3: i actually went through this because right. um i had a i had an an 06 which was the 4.4 jag mm-hmm. non-supercharged right. hse yeah and in i think it was in june i parked it on the street and some driver decided to not only take out mine, but another six cars on the block at the same time. Hmm. So oh, that guy's a hero. mine was, I had it under classic car insurance. I had oh, agreed to value. Right. It wasn't very high. Right. But after I got, after the insurance company paid me, I went back to the market. Right. And it was impossible to find anything within reason. Right. Right. What yeah. I found was either extremely high mileage. Right. Or, you know, what was in decent mileage was, you know, people were asking upwards of 20, 25, right. which is something
2: that right. over six years ago. It's like crazy. I paid like 8,000 right. for mine. Yeah. Now over mm-hmm. here, it's 15,000. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you think, so what's, think if you had old to, old if old you I had
0: old. to pick one, what's your favorite, what's your favorite year of L322?
2: Personally, for me, I love my 06. Mm-hmm. I like my 08, but I, there's something about the 06 that just, it feels right. People don't, really slightly see the body design change yeah although mine's super modified now but mm-hmm. like there's there's just something about the 06 that i just absolutely love you know it has a little bit too much bmw internal dna mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. i'm not crazy about mm-hmm. but um you know i just live with it you know minor things like the key on the on the council versus the right. column and right There's just certain things that you deal with, but overall, you know, it has over 200,000 miles. It's just, I love that truck. I just love it. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. 2008, 2009 seemed to be like, that was the best years for the factory. I don't know what was going on over there, but they were making good, uh, really great cars. I guess just enough BMW washed out. I don't know, but it's, they seem to be, they seem to be, that was peak peak Land Rovers coming out of the factory in 2009. 2008, 2009.
3: And it's ironic that it would be a peak Land Rover with a Jaguar engine.
0: Right? So, what else are you guys looking at? What kind of vehicles do you think are going to really catch fire this year?
3: You keep on continuing to have like manual Mercedes, mm-hmm. you know, from the 90s, early, you know, mid 80s, See, you know, the C coupe, the W124s, mm-hmm. the W140s with manual gearboxes, yeah. things like that. there are yeah, just kind cool. of odd. Yeah. Another one that I think actually has nothing to do with Land Rover. I think this year is the first year you can actually have. An E38 with a 740 and a factory six-speed gearbox, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's a BMW. Right. Know, that's just that's an odd car that was available during 1999, right. 2000. 2000, Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I uh, I wonder. Do you think as new cars, for all intents and purposes, with a very rare few outliers, are getting rid of the manual transmission, standard transmission, and and going to some you know variation of automatic transmission? Is it pushing these what are otherwise, you know, sedans or or whatever kind of car that was available here but never manual because, you know, North America kind of turned its back on the standard transmission far before the rest of the world. Do you think that that is causing this interest in either Japanese imports, European imports that are a car that you could have bought here, but that it does like your P38 have a a manual transmission, maybe has a slightly different engine spec. Do you think that, you know, because there's no new cars at all that have uh, manual transmissions and people, you know, do kind of enjoy that, that, that they're going to, not these very classic cars, but sort of, you know, more, you know, more recent cars, but now in a manual train, in a European spec,
3: if you will. I definitely think it's helping because a lot of these cars for like the late 80s and early 90s are actually cars that if you live in a temperate climate and are somewhat, somewhat mechanically inclined, yeah. you can actually daily drive sure. it. I mean, you're going daily drive you know, mi- 60 miles each way or 100 miles a day. But if you have a short commute, you know, very usable as a daily driver. And I think the the driving experience is something that, you know, you just can't get with anything else. And it, and I think people are realizing that it's completely different, right? I mean, we know what it is to have I mean, an automatic disco. Well, it's kind of like a blob. If you put a manual in it, then, it, you know, it becomes a little bit more fun. Yeah, And yeah. the fact that, yeah, there are, there are less and less manuals available. I mean, I think now... The most recent one was the GTIs yeah. announcing that they are no longer doing manuals from like 2026 on, yeah. which is a car that it has to be. You know, mm-hmm. that lived under manual gearboxes, it's like way of life. Mm-hmm. Then, but yeah, I think I think that definitely helps. I think just that it's different too. It yeah. just kind of makes a different experience.
2: Yeah, and you know, living in Chicago, there's no better kill switch than a manual gearbox. <laughs> And not getting carjacked. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah, 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 I right.
3: actually had a, I had a 300 TDI Range Rover Classic and clearly I wasn't on my best day. I left the key inside of the ignition sure. and turned it off, went up to my apartment and it's like three days later, I'm thinking, oh, I can't find the key to this car. And you know, I looked up and down and I like, I went to the garage, I came back, I can't find the key. Finally, I'm like, well, let me check. In the ignition for three entire days. I'm sure somebody had to see that with the old intention. We're like, oh, wait, I don't know how to.
0: I don't know how to drive this. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't ever take the keys out of you know any of the series ones or or anything. because I would lose them. They just stay in the car. I was driving with my dad last weekend. He's like, you "Take, don't leave the keys in the car. So no, no, no. If, if somebody can drive that away, they deserve it. You know, like they can, you know,
1: yeah, you, know then,
0: you know, it's like pulling you know, the sword out of the stone or picking up Thor's hammer <laughs> or something. Then it's yours now. You go enjoy it, you know?
1: I, uh, yeah. I kind of had a sad story about P-38 that I used to have. One time I drove this P-38 and uh, I parked it in kind of a, Little bit of a bad area, you know, and I, uh, I forgot and I left the window down and the keys inside of it. And, uh, when I came back, uh, an hour later, there was another P38 parked next to it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and did they also leave the window down?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they oh, let the, wind the window keys. down. The yeah, keys Left in you it the too. keys. Yeah. What a yeah. Day, yeah. day. Yeah, they were like, this guy yeah. this guy's a glutton. Guy. Like, he needs another one he of these. He needs another one. Yeah. No, that's not true. I've never had a P38, but uh, it's, only it's just funny to think. It's about. only a matter of time. Well,
0: uh, like I said, it is definitely something that we should be doing more often. The market is always an interesting uh, thing to talk about. And Dan and Ivan, it is always an absolute pleasure to talk uh, to both of you. You guys are uh, fantastic and we love listening to uh, your show and love all the shenanigans that you guys are up to uh, as well and we do have to at some point do an in-person collaboration of of some kind as the world of content creators is required to do a certain amount of collaborations now. Um you know, we'll have to yes. we'll have to figure something out. We'll have to maybe find a shitty old car and, uh, drive across country or something. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll figure something I, out.
3: Yeah. I think we should definitely do that. All yeah. right.
0: Well, boys, thank you very much. It's been All an right. absolute pleasure and I will talk to you again, hopefully very soon. Good luck out there. Good luck with the sales and purchases and everything else this year. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks guys. All right. hey,
2: thank you. All right. Thanks.
0: All right. Well, Hey, it is always great to talk to those two. I, I really love those guys. They are uh, they are
1: a ton of fun. Gluttons for punishment. Bidding on a Freelander.
0: Yeah. I know it's a good, Dan and it's I have a good very, way to
1: end up with a Freelander.
0: It is a good way to end up with a Freelander. sometimes. You can't,
1: you can't cure that with antibiotics, I'll tell you
0: that. No, you sure can't. And, and you know, you, some often you're the only person bidding on a Freelander. There's not a big, that's not a lot of people. Yeah, Dan and I have very similar tastes when it comes to like stupid Land Rover purchases. So... I, uh, I really love that. I like chatting with Dan. He does. He has a real appreciation for the real weird special one-off and two-off and specialty preparation uh, folks. And, uh, yeah. And Hey, I, uh, you know, I agree with Ivan. I think that a half track Land Rover may be, uh, one of the most interesting. I, I really now want to see one turn. I want to try to turn one, you know,
1: Let's just try to know. drive it through a Starbucks
0: drive-through. Let's I don't see what think it's
1: happens. It's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Right, can I can try. I can try. I don't go know.
0: Straight. Only
1: go straight. Just go straight through the just straight
0: through the drive-through. <laughs> you can try. only go through straight through drive-throughs in your uh, in your half-track Land Rover. But yeah. there you go. I've been talking about being at the uh, Dunsfold Collection. Reminded me that we, we have to get on to our bathroom sponsorship of the Dunsfold Collection really yeah. have to get on that with the Phil. toilet
1: paper that. has a uh, little Stevens. All yeah, all for sure. Yeah. On printed
0: on, on each square. I like that. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Ivan had mentioned a cardboard cutout of you with a whiteboard uh, message bubble and mm-hmm. people can just write, you know, whatever they're thinking at the time. I think that would be great. There's an unlimited amount of opportunity there, I think. We really have to get on that. So speaking of getting on that, and uh, if you haven't either, A, listened to the Rover Talk uh, podcast uh, with uh, Ivan and our very good friend, Phil Bashel, they're actually there at the Dunsfold Collection or seen our video at the Dunsfold collection with uh, Phil when Liza and I were there visiting him. Head on over to either of those places and and listen and or watch those. And if you haven't yet been to our YouTube channel to watch what is, I think, one of the greatest sporting feats of 2023, Iconize competition in the Defender Trophy 2023, that video is now live and let me tell you it is uh, iron man meets american gladiator meets meets naked and afraid cool. it is uh
1: it's good stuff it's good stuff you know yeah. a little spicy. Quali- quality quality yeah. content and uh half the price so like and subscribe if you're there yeah. check out yeah. our online store the underpowered yeah. hour uh yeah. get yourself a uh, a tiny Ike chain or a mm-hmm. uh, a decal to put on your favorite land rover that's uh, mm-hmm. or or on the toolbox get one for the toolbox yeah. mm-hmm. get one for the toolbox yeah if you don't have a
0: tiny Ike on your toolbox it's a safety hazard you know i think uh, you know tiny ike is like a little safety supervisor just making sure you're putting on that eye protection or whatever else you know mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. you know i don't know not taping drill bits together or whatever other stupid thing you're doing tiny uh, ike uh, is there uh, to uh, remind uh, you uh, be safe uh,
1: yeah, safety it's, third. Uh, it's a cautionary tale. Just, uh, just yes. look at me, and you'll uh, remember. <laughs> yeah, I really need to be yeah. more careful here. I'm gonna end up like that guy. We want to end up like that guy. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's been a slice as always. Looking very forward to uh, having uh, you and Linus uh, regale us with tales of the winter breakdown uh, out there in oh, the desert. My gosh,
1: it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. There was some, there was some hair raising activities that happened. There was uh, there was some uh, chases. There was some escapes. There was uh, some, uh, some very, very tenuous situations that required a lot of concentration and care to extract ourselves from. We visited a lot of remote places and, uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good. One. We had a lot of uh, a lot of fun, but uh, there were some trying times. I'm not going to lie, and uh, yeah. there were some rescues. There was some uh, there was some tears shed. There was some blood yeah. spilled. There was some mm-hmm. late nights. There was some wrenching. There was uh there was a lot of things that happened. It was an emotional roller coaster. Who
0: would have ever thought with uh, a dormobile that Linus had purchased all but 2 weeks before.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, he purchased yeah. it 2 weeks before, but he had only had it for 4 days before we left on a trip. So, uh yeah, that was yeah. uh that was a special thing and then That's we also plenty. took Yeah, we also took a uh it's a 75-year-old Land Rover that uh, that uh, hadn't been driven in a year. So uh, that was also good. That was our no, perfect, main right. main vehicle, our main transportation source. So, you know, uh, it's a recipe for sadness. But uh, in the end, we triumphed. So we're here, and we're yep. going to talk about that uh, real soon.
0: Premiere content. So look forward to that. And uh, Ike, as always, it's uh, been a slice, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you then.